welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business or you need to get to the game, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan. I'm the media manager here at the Rabbitohs. I'd like to welcome my regular co-hosts Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. How are you, Ella? Very well, Jess. Uh, not as good as you. I didn't get the extra half hour of sleep that you got this morning that we've missed out on, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I got the extra half hour of sleep also during the judiciary hearing last night. But oh, yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, you blokes, honestly, give you one job. One job. Come on. Anyway, send boys to do a man's job, I guess. Shannon, don't start. <laughs> oh, it was farcical. Farcical. Anyway. As, as we head into the, the something I've learned this week, I'm going to kick off on that note. A 9pm judiciary hearing on a Tuesday night is no good when you've got a 7am recording time for a podcast on a Wednesday morning. Yes. Sorry if I sound like I'm slurring my words and I'm half asleep, <laughs> but that's, the, uh, that's what we're facing this morning. Well, I'll, I'll carry on on that, Jez, and I, and I don't say this to pull apart the NRL, but what last night showed me was that the actual sanctions for, for you know, misdemeanours in the game needs to be looked at very closely. Mm. I mean, um, we had an incident last night. I know Latrell's had a few um, you know, incidents in the past that gave him loading, but for him to miss four weeks now, for an incident in a game where the, uh, the other player... David Noffelman, it's nothing, nothing against him. He, he went through, played the whole game. Um, then 90 seconds to two minutes after the incident, had the sense of mind to catch the kickoff and straddle the sideline to get a penalty. Now, there's no sign of any HIA, there's no sign of injury, yet uh, the force was deemed more than moderate. Um, so Latrell misses four matches. We go back. Uh, a few rounds, and everyone knows the incident, uh, the Melbourne back rower, with with that that injures Madison in the tackle. He gets two weeks. Madison has not played now in the game for it's five or six weeks now. Um, just tell me where the consistency is yeah. in that. There, there was a lot out. Of, like I actually enjoy going into the judiciary because it's something a bit different, and you. You hear the legal arguments and all that sort of stuff. I actually like sitting there listening to it. And I don't think, well, any of us, when we went back into that room last night after the arguments were said, I don't think any of us were um, could, could have been any more confident because it just made sense. To me, things need to make sense. It's just we've talked about this before, Shannon. I'm a very logical type person. Yes. If something doesn't make doesn't make sense, then I just don't get it. I just don't understand how it could be possible. You're probably talking to the wrong true. guy there about making sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say, um, Sam Kekovic agrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah. you're right. It's funny. Last year, they spoke about streaming the judiciary live to the public. Mm. And I think it's a good idea. It should happen. Yeah. Because, you know, you go in there and listen to the arguments – uh, for and against, um, you know, we don't go in there unless we think we're going to win. It's a waste of time. I mm. mean, have a, have a look at last night. We know if we don't win this, Latrell's going to get four weeks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you, you listen to the arguments in there and we come out and unfortunately you've got Nick Gabago, oh, I've done my best, I hope. You, you're going in hope. Yeah. Uh, what I would like, so you spoke really well to the media afterwards and spoke on behalf of Latrell and the club. What I reckon would probably be helpful to, probably from the uh, judiciary and match review panel's point of view, is an explanation on why they thought it was a grade two because I couldn't have been any more confident that, that Nick Gabar had explained why, why it was a grade one. Um, so I reckon it would probably be helpful 
to have, and and probably not the chairman because as we know the chairman isn't involved in the decision. And Jeff Jeff Bellew is a fantastic man and oh the, has, the perfect person he is to to run the show. But it, it's probably. Um, there's, there's a rotating panel of three former players that are on the judiciary panel, and I think it would be helpful if at some stage they explain why they deemed it to be a grade two or a grade three or a grade one in whatever decision they make because you walk in there, for, for those that don't know, because they wouldn't have been in there because, he said, as he said, it's not live-streamed. You come back into the room after they've deliberated and made their verdict and all they say is, guilty or last night it was we deemed it a grade two and everyone walks out of the room and you're like how right. <laughs> yeah, yeah you just don't know why so I reckon it'd be helpful whether one of them spoke at the time or whether they put out an explanatory note afterwards out to the the clubs or on nrl.com or something like that as to as to why they think that they why they deemed it a grade two as opposed to some other incidents um, which you see that are grade ones or don't even get charged. It was a really difficult situation for us last night too because there were two other charges given against Latrell. Yeah. And the impact of those charges had an impact on, on that one. this one as well. That's right. Um, you know, and Latrell's incident when Garner scored the try, when he slid in with his knees, I mean... You've and only got, and to, got his shoelaces. Yeah, yeah, but you've only got to look at it. Garner, <laughs> Garner was so close to the dead ball line. Latrell's going to try and get him across there. If he gets there quick enough, he can lift you up and carry him over. Yeah. He doesn't make it, but he slides yeah. in with his knees. Was there contact? There might have been. Yeah. yeah. We accepted the charge. Yeah. Then, right? you know, there's other incidents, as Amiz reported, that, that have gone unchecked. Mm. There's there's a – the Cronulla player uh, scores a try in a match and gets kneed in the head, physically gets up holding the back of his head, right, because he's injured in the in the in the uh, from the knee, yeah, no charge, yeah, yeah, no, no charge. Well, some things that don't make sense. As, 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 as we're saying, we don't want any favoritism. No, we just want an even playing field. That's, That's all we're asking. Just want it to be right. Yeah. To your point, Jez, I think a clarification on the reasons for the grading would abate any um, misconceptions around yeah. um, inconsistencies. And say, yeah, that's okay, right. Well, the reason we grade this one a grade one is because of this and this yeah. one's a grade two is because of this. And then people say, oh, okay. But without that, the people just struggle to understand that's right. what is perceived as inconsistent yeah. rulings. Yeah, anyway, it might be something that they look at in the future. So is that what you learnt this week, Ella? Yeah, but let, yeah. let's be fair. I'll just go back to it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really difficult area of the game. Oh, it's time. a really difficult area of the game. and There's no right or wrong, but um, I think more feedback needs to be taken yeah. from from the vast group in the game that can provide it and, and try and get that consistency yeah. and get that level of uh, just fairness across the game. Yeah, sounds good. That's what I've learned, Jez, yeah. Yeah, Shannon? Learn a lot, Ella. This week, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I learned not to bother texting you every morning when you ask if you want a coffee. You know, <laughs> I'm pissed off this morning at his is, mate. And then you say, "Oh, did you text me? Did you?" I said, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez, he's waking up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. We found out last week Shannon sends his text via email somehow. I don't know how he did that last week. I'll teach you one day. That was amazing. <laughs> Once I work it out myself, I'll teach you. Very good. Uh, what well, I learned this week um, is that, you know, I've heard lots of people saying and in the media that it's a competition of haves and have-nots and, you know, the top half of the competition are, you know, streets ahead and daylight ahead of, uh, you know, the, the teams at the bottom half of the competition. But we saw, you know, we played quite solidly um, against the Tigers on Saturday night. We weren't, we weren't terrible and they're a side that people have been putting – in the sort of second half of the competition. And I think, you know, what I learned is if you don't turn up 100% playing your best football, you get beat in this competition. It's not like, you know, in the Premier League, you got the same three sides, four sides every year, same in the NFL, your daylight's ahead of anyone else. In this competition, you've got to turn up, you've got to be 100% on. And if you're just slightly off your game, you're a chance of getting beat regardless of who you play. And that's a great thing for our game. You know, that's a that's a great thing, and it? Certainly made for an exciting finish on Saturday Yeah, night. it did. What, a, what an amazing finish it was. I guess it's been lost a little bit in the in the judiciary stuff, but that was just an unbelievable finish. Outrageous. To, Absolutely to, wasn't outrageous. It? Wasn't I, it? I, in all my years of following football, I hadn't seen 
anything like it. And I was sort of watching our members and their members and nobody knew whether to cheer or not. They're waiting for the replays and we just could have heard a pin drop yeah. and then they've all gone up right at the end. It was it was a fantastic spectacle, particularly yeah. to come out on the right side of the yeah. ledger. It, it, I've, yeah, I've never experienced you know, two wildly different emotions yeah. within such a small amount of time. I, well, I think Tommy scored and, you know, like all of Tommy's tries – we think he scored, but yeah. we're, we're not sure. <laughs> yeah, he has. But yeah, to his credit, he told the boys, "I've I've got it." And then, but then the boys turned around and watched, like all of us, watch Luke Brook running down the mm. running down the field. Yeah. And when the referee awarded the try, which he 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 handled the situation very well. The he referee. did. He did. He, it he did a great job. Yeah. He did a great job. And I've since looked at a bit of the video footage. He couldn't see the ground because the post the goalpost obscured him. So, um, yeah, and then, then it comes up, try on the on the big screen. The crowd went wild, and two points. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic! It was fantastic. very good. It was very good. Right, well, let's hook into our first uh, top four topic for the morning. It's the top four unsung heroes that you've played with. We'll kick off with you, Ella. Thanks, Jess. Um, yeah, I think I'd have to say Michael Andrews is probably the. Yeah, you know, the most unsung hero that I played in in my career. Um, Mick, he he just used to, it was like an ever ready battery. Mm. Yeah, you know, when he got out on the field, he would just turn up everywhere. He didn't get a lot of you know praise for what he did apart from the players, but he wasn't the guy winning the awards of every year and or yeah, you know, getting the points each week. But yeah, you know, he just turned up. He he topped the tackle count. He'd be there and, you know, if there was a half break made from the opposition, he'd stop them. Mm. But um, and it was funny. If if you had have come and watched us train during the, the off-season, Mick was the worst runner, like long, yep. longer-distance runner of anyone in, in the place, you know. Um, but he'd get out on the field and he'd just carve it up. Actually, one day we were at uh, training at um, – Centennial Park. We used to, you know, the lakes and that at Centennial yeah, Park. We used to do laps around there. We'd go forever, you know. And and one thing with Mickey, never cut anything short either. He always did it all that. But he always go. But the thing was, he'd be still going. Everyone had left, right? He still hadn't finished. So yeah, he, well. he got a really uh, worked up a really good relationship with the caretaker of Centennial <laughs> Park. So because well, he used to be quite fond of him, the caretaker until. Yeah, you, know, you had to wait and lock the gates before you finish. So that sort of that sort of dropped off a bit as we went on. But uh, no, Mick Mick was magnificent. Uh, he's still doing a great job. He's involved in the club now. Obviously, on member co board. Um, you see him today. You see the passion he has for the place. Yep, and it's uh, it's outstanding. But yeah, he's definitely the number one. Number two, I'd say, would be Ross Harrington. Um, you know, he wasn't your fashionable sort of winger, but mm. no one from any other team wanted to tackle him when he, when he charged on the ball. You hear about players that, that today, we talk about coming off the back fence. He was just incredible. He, he'd come charging onto the ball and, and just get us out of a lot of tough situations. Um, he was a real competitor. Um, he used to, um, when he'd score a try, uh, he used to be well rewarded when he got home. Uh, which, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, 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 yeah, but again, would go unnoticed in a team at the time. Like he, he was there, you know, in all, all our, our good teams of the eighties and particularly the 89 team, he was, he was there as was Mick. Um, no, I didn't actually play with this guy, but I, I'd have to say Luke Stewart, um, yeah, you know, to to go to go through a segment like this and not not mention Luke Stewart in this category in our club, I think uh, would be remiss. Yeah, um, you know he played in a time when this club really struggled, mm-hmm. as we all know, and he'd turn up every week and just get his job done, uh, try and inspire the boys. And again, like all these unsung heroes, the people that are out on the field playing with them understand the job they do. Yeah, uh, whereas sometimes the people watching the game and from other clubs. Yep. Etc. Don't understand it. Yeah, but I remember Luke's. I was coaching second grade here, and Luke Stewart got dropped, and I just couldn't believe it, you know. And and he came back, and he was just you know to second grade training and training with the boys, didn't miss a beat, 
was the best player in the field for second grade and got the first grade lost. Yep. They worked out it wasn't the reason they lost. Luke Stewart certainly wasn't the reason they yep. lost. He was reinstated next week, and I'd say that was probably the only second grade game he played at South Sydney. Mm. Um, he's just a coin up all the time. Um, another unsung hero, a bloke called David Crookshank. Right, he, he used to play fullback for us, and uh, again, just a player that put his body on the line every week. He's a real character around the team. He used to get up a bit of mischief here and there, yeah. But everyone just loved having him there, and they knew they knew he wasn't the guy getting the headlines every week. But you know, he put his body on the line. If if Big Noel Cleal made a break or something like that, he'd throw himself in front of him as a last line of defensive fullback. And uh, he was always on the ball. He, he you know, if there's a grubber kick coming through, the test of anyone in the game is the, if they're going to dive on it when there's people chasing, they can get a knee or a boot in the head. He'd do that. And, uh, but he'd just do it as a part of what his job was. And, um, so yeah, there you go. There's Very four. good. Very good. Very good nominations. I know three of those guys really well. Mickey Andrews, Ross Harrington and Luke Stewart played with Baz as well. And, um, you, you're right, LA. They're just, uh, three of the hardest working players, and but also three of the nicest guys you'll ever meet too. Mm. You know, Mickey Andrews, as well as sitting on the board and being an unsung hero there, also sits on the old boys committee, does so much for the club, um, around the club and particularly the members. Roscoe is just exceptional company, fantastic fella. Anytime the club has anything and calls on him, he comes down from Lithgow at the drop of a hat and Baz Luke Stewart, you know, he's just... Absolute champion guy and um, always when the club's caught on him to this day, he's always put his hand up as well. So uh, some fantastic fellas there as well. I remember recently there was a rumour about um, Roscoe that he'd won Lotto. Yes. <laughs> I think he did. Which, I, think, I was just thinking he did it for everyone, mate. <laughs> but, but I remember thinking at the time, is there anyone better that I could think of to win Lotto? Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd love to own a pub in Nithgow if, if Roscoe did win Lotto. I'll tell you. There's, there's only one person I could think better of, and that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe two, Raylene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we couldn't tell her, Jess. <laughs> uh, that's, that's like the bloke, he comes home one day to his missus, and he, he says to her, oh, don't get too excited, love, but I've got some news for you. She said, what? We've won a lotto. He goes, you're kidding. She won a lotto. Yeah, she won a lotto. She goes, that's it. I'm taking my half and I'm out of here putting up with your crap for 28 years. He said, good, we won Division 3. Here's your $4.40. <laughs> 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 oh, very good. Very good. I also love Luke Stewart's nickname, Baz. Short yeah. for Barry Blowwave. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And it was <laughs> ironic because he, poor, poor fellow, he, he started to be a bit follically challenged towards the end of his career. I'm happy to give him a transplant from my shoulders if you like. So, so there's plenty there. Uh, very good. <laughs> I've got to say, plenty to get out of your back. That's for sure. <laughs> Here's my wife something to hang on to, Ella. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh, Can we yeah, cut that just one out? <laughs> well, that's a grade two. <laughs> grade uh, two, terrible joke. That's almost a sin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll give you a tip. If it's a grade two, I'm not letting LA defend me. I'm going in by my. <laughs> oh, very. Shannon, um, your four unsung heroes. Okay. Um,. One of them, again, he's a guy from just near Lithgow, actually, from Wallera Wing. He grew up out there. He's, he's Michael Francis, Mick Francis. He um, he, he was an Australian schoolboy. He was a um, great player. Played for the Rabbitohs between 1993 and 1998. Um, and then after that went over to England and played for the London Broncos for a few years over there as well. But Mick um, was one of those guys, he could just absolutely hit like an axe. Like, you know, we talk about, you know, um, maybe Peter Johnson or um, I'm trying to think of the the big fellow that played in the, in the 70s and the 80s. Um, Charlie Frith. Charlie Frith. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie Frith is up in Queensland now. Because he rattled a few cages. He could hit. Mm. I'm telling you, Mick Francis could hit as well as anybody I played with. But he also had that sort of Martin Lang wind-up where he just – He'd wind up and just charge at him. So he could hit and run. And he was always, as a hooker, I always felt safer playing with, with a guy like Mick Francis. Um, and he was very, very underrated. His body fell apart. He was probably, his body was 
sorry, his heart was writing checks that his body couldn't cash. You know, he was just it was just all hard on the field, and his but his body just started to fall apart. But he's been fabulously successful post football as well. He owns a, a massive um, recycling business up there in in Newcastle that's doing gangbusters, and also a successful uh, boxing promoter with um, Tasman Fighters as well. Mm. So yeah, Mick Francis definitely. Um, one of the toughest and most under underrated players I played with. Another guy that came out of the same school as as, as Mick originally, out of a St Greg's boy that came here to South, and he played uh, from 1995 and 1997, and was an Australian schoolboy like Mick. Actually, two years running because he went to Greg's for year 11, and and Pedro Marist or Champagnat as it is now in year, year 12, and I played with him and came through the grades, and that's Peter Driscoll. Um, Pete Pete would just do. The blonde head. The blonde yeah, head, snowy headed guy. Yeah, yeah. He would just do, you know, 30 hit ups a game, 40, 50 tackles a game. And he'd and still. And your be- homework at school. <laughs> that's <laughs> why you like it. <laughs> Pete, Pete did a lot of my work on the field. I'll give you the tip. He was no good for homework. <laughs> homework was not his strength. <laughs> that's probably where I could carry my own. <laughs> the only well, you carry it home. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a he was a great player, uh, Pete. Very very uh, underrated. So, um, yeah, I, I remember in nineteen ninety five. He, um, it's not something that would be condoned now. Talking about the judiciary, he picked up Steve Georgialis and just slammed him on his head. He got about four weeks or something for that, but he was just strong and aggressive and just going hard at the end of the game as he was in the beginning. The third I've mentioned before, and I actually just mentioned earlier, was the great Marty Lang. Marty Lang, again, 30 hit-ups, would just be going hard. His effort in the 2003 grand final against the Roosters, I think he took on their forward pack single, single-handedly just about and, um, and and decimated them. And one of the ones when people sort of forget about, but when you mention it, they go, that's right, uh, is he chased down Rod Wishart in a state of origin game. Do you remember that? He was playing for Queensland. Wishart was away for all money. Mm. Martin was a front rower. Probably just done 20, 20 tackles. And he chased him down because he actually had a bit of speed once he wound up, Marty. And, and that just typified his effort in all games. He just went and went and went. And he was was all heart. So Marty Lang, you know, played in some really good sides. And he had superstars like E.T. and Girdler and Gower. But... He was he was very underrated, Marty, but he, he added a lot to every team he played for. And my fourth is to come back to a rabbit home. Uh, is a guy from the Central Coast. Um, he was like a young Arthur Beetson. His name's Adam McEwen. Kewy was a good mate of mine. Um, he was um, Indigenous Aboriginal. He's Aboriginal like um, Artie was. He had a similar similar frame, sort of big barrel-chested um Carried a little bit away. He's probably fitter now than when he was playing, but he was just such a talented footballer, Adam McEwen. He, I don't know whether you remember him. He had just ball skills. But again, at that time at South, we didn't have much experience, and he was a young guy come up to to, to first grade. He was thrown into first grade really young, and I think that took, his, took its toll on his body, and that's why um, most of these guys didn't have any longevity besides Martin. You know, Peter Driscoll, Mick Francis, Adam McEwen came into first grade very young. You know, front rowers, tough positions, and their body just didn't handle it. But Huey, when he was there, he was outstanding. I remember he was leading the Norwich Rising Star one year, and um, I remember him taking on the Knights and having a whale of a game against people like Paul Harrigan. But he was 19, and unfortunately, you know, it's, it's such a tough game that they, you know, it shortened their shelf life in terms of their playing careers. But Adam McEwen was one of the most skillful um, ball playing big, and he went on a, another guy who's been really successful post football. He got a masters at UNSW in public health. He's um, he got his bachelor degree before that. He's he's coached at various clubs. Um, I think he's at Manly now coaching, but he's coached at the Warriors and the Roosters previously. A really good football brain and smart guy off the field and. And all four of those guys are fantastic fellas. People probably never heard of them. That's why they're unsung heroes. That's but, right. But they're absolutely um, fantastic fellas and all um, fantastic footballers as well. Yeah, no, and every team needs guys like like that, don't they? Like, There's the old adage that a, a team of superstars will never beat a, a superstar team, and it's guys like that that make superstar teams because they're willing to get in there and do the hard work that some other people probably aren't. Yeah, well, they, like L.O. and I. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. They, they, they galvanise the team, you know, with their, their acts that they do on the field. And, yeah, you talk about that, McEwen. I remember him. 
he didn't get a lot of chance, as much chance to show his skills as he would have because back in those days you had to win the ball from the scrums yep. and the hooker was responsible for that. And <laughs> you didn't win much football back in the day. So. <laughs> I knew where that was going. <laughs> he's had a good 10 minutes yeah. to figure it out while he's been talking. He delivered it. The sad thing is, uh, as Homer Simpson would say, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, that was a good segment. Some uh, bringing back some names that we may not have thought about for a while, and that's what we're uh, we're about here. But we'll we'll go to our first break now. Now, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store, it's located down at Heffron Park Tennis Centre on Bunnerong Road in Maroubra. And if you can't make it down there, make sure you check it all out online at shop.rabbitohs.com.au. And all the talk this week, Shannon, has been about our Anzac Round jerseys, which were released recently. We saw them unveiled yesterday in our media session. The the sky blue jersey that we're wearing this week, it's very unique, but it's there to celebrate 100 years of the Royal Australian Air Force. Absolutely, yeah. Um, as I've said previously, you know, we've we've celebrated the Defence Forces and typically that's been around the Army, but the RAAF, 100 years, it's a fitting tribute to those guys this year and um, uh, it's certainly been a bit polarising, you yeah. know, because it's certainly not our red and green. It is something different, but I think it's a it's a fitting tribute in Anzac, Anzac Round and um, I think the boys are... I've been inspired by it, so hopefully they, they show that on the field on the weekend. Tommy Burgess made a great point yesterday. He said uh, it is a very different jersey, and he hopes that guys like Gags and Jaden Sewer and that don't mind wearing it <laughs> this weekend with it not yeah, being Maroon. And, and then he said uh, Wayne did give it the tick of approval, so <laughs> the king of the Queenslanders has said it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it does look like a bit of a New South Wales origin jersey. Um, speaking of which, in Queensland, the um, – the Anzac round, our game's actually played on, on the Gold Coast, but our merchandise van's going to be up there. It's travelling all the way up there because we know a lot of our members and supporters will want to buy the um, the Anzac jersey after they've seen the team play. So keep an eye out for the, the merchandise van just outside of the stadium up there uh, on the weekend as well. You'll be able to pick up your Anzac jersey there. Yeah, very good. And we and we farewelled one of the key members of the merchandise team this week, Matt Matt Perrison, moving on after, I think he said, six years. So we wish him the best with whatever he goes on to next. Yes, it'll be interesting to see what he goes on to next. Yeah. He's certainly a character, is our mate, Matty, Matty Perrison, and so says so his uh, alter ego, uh, Paddy Merrison. <laughs> um, I think we can let the cat out of the bag now. <laughs> now that he's gone. Yeah, you know, he's a friendly guy. I know lots of the members like seeing him when they go into store, and, you know, he'd always greet them warmly and, and always have plenty of time to talk about the Rabbitohs, and he was a passionate man. So, yeah, we wish uh, Matty Perrison and Paddy Merrison all the best. Yeah, <laughs> alter egos, that might be a good top four. <laughs> that would be, actually. That would be a very good one, especially after you dropped Mick, Mick Pobji in it last week. <laughs> and, he, and his four personalities. Anyway, make sure you head down to the Heffron Park Tennis Centre and check out the Rabbitohs merchandise store there or shop online at, at shop.rabbitohs.com.au. Now, speaking of the Anzac Round jerseys and unique jerseys, our next topic is the top four best or most iconic jerseys that you have seen. And we'll start with you this time, Shannon. Okay. But while we're still on the merch team, I want to say how good LA looks in that um, Rabbitohs hoodie, the the new green hoodies that we've got in store. They, they look fantastic. Um, I think they'll sell really well. I I'm not sure if LA's got he's from um, boat camping and fishing from the tent section or not. But, uh, he looks he looks fantastic. Um, <laughs> I hope they charge you double for that one. There's that much fabric in it. Actually, I found it on the back of your chair in your office. That's why I put it on. Well, so it almost sounded like you're a bit apologetic after bagging. Oh, yeah. sort of pulled I knew up. something was coming there. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, iconic jerseys. Uh, the kangaroo jersey is always iconic, so I'm not going to mention that. But I just want to give that an honourable mention. In um, Vossi did a really good job of covering it. But John Cusack wore it. The the actor in um, not related to Pete Cusack at all, but uh, John Cusack, famous US actor, actor, wanted it, wore it 
in the sure thing. And it was really random because it was way back then when, you know, rugby league wasn't international and he, he, he just turned up in this movie in this kangaroos jersey. And I remember as a kid saying it, I remember thinking, oh, that's great. He's a rugby league follower. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, how good's that? Uh, but, um, yeah, he, he wasn't a rugby league follower, just a random costume guy. Put it on him one day, but it was great to see the uh, kangaroo jersey uh, get a mention in that movie. But my four jerseys, uh, the first one I want to start with is Sats's 1970 grand final jersey. It's, um, you know, it's obviously, you know, the year we beat Manly, it was our 19th title. We're also minor premiers that year, and it's uh, obviously the year Sattler got, got belted um, by John Bucknell and had the broken jaw. But it was such an iconic jersey because half the rabbit got ripped off and, you know, in all of those photos. And, and the jersey, I just think, typified how tough and ruthless and bloody that game was. It sort of, you know, the half-ripped rabbit was like Sats had a, his face half-ripped off with a, with a broken jaw. And it was just such an iconic uh, jersey in my memory uh, growing up. So the 1970 Sattler Grand Final jersey is, is my number one. Um, my number two is the 2019 Anzac jersey. Speaking of Anzac jersey, I just thought it was one of our best ever. Um, had the sort of the red poppy hoops and on the sort of green, what looked like a hill on the jersey and still looked like a South jersey, but just had a real Anzac theme about it. And it also had the names of every rabbit the 340 rabbit that had served in World War One and World War Two, 177 um, first graders have served in in the armies in the in the Great Wars and um, and seventeen New South Wales reps from the Rabbitohs and eleven internationals who played for the Rabbitohs but also served in either World War One or World War Two. So it's a very proud history we've got with um, with Anzac. In fact, over ten percent of Rabbitohs who players have played um, for the Rabbitohs have uh, served. Um, um, in, in the army, so that's um that's a that's an amazing stat. So that that jersey has significance not only because of the Anzac, but because of the Rabbitohs uh, association to uh, the Anzac spirit as well. So that's my second jersey. If the, I can jump in there too, Shannon, that was obviously one of mine. So I thought I might jump in on the back of that. It, it, truly magnificent jersey. I mean, and as you say, I mean the players put this on, and and is it anything more? inspiring than the last post and the minute silence mm. and the national anthem on Anzac Day. Mm. Um, and just the memory, the, the the great memories we have. I mean, the, the memories for the family, the people we lost in war, um, you know, it, it must be very tough for them. But the the tribute that we can give to our fallen soldiers and, and the soldiers still alive. Yes. Obviously not many of them, not as many as they we'd love to have but to go out there and celebrate that on our jersey like we did that year was just was really really good and um yeah the poppy one just having the poppies there with the green it was fantastic it was fantastic and the players the players appreciated it too i know that yeah it was a very special jersey um my third jersey actually has just as much significance i think to our community and that's that's i can't let too much out of the bag but our 2021 indigenous jersey um it was developed – it tells a story, like all Aboriginal artwork, that they tell a story. It's a way um, Indigenous Indigenous Australians, Aboriginal people, pass down their stories and traditions is often through artwork. And and our jersey this year, as have the the, the last few, told a story that's, that's special to our Aboriginal community. And this one was put together with Uncle Joe and kids from um, – the Rabbitohs traditional territory from sort of, you know, Redfern through to La Perouse, which is the, the Gadigal and the Bidjigal tribe. So we brought the kids together to work with Uncle Joe because Uncle Joe saw it not only as developing the jersey but teaching these kids about their story. So there's part of the Bidjigal story uh, for the Larpa kids that were involved and part of the Gadigal story and the and the totems from there too, mobs. And I'm not going to let too much the, the cat out of the bag, but it's really meaningful not only – the jersey but how it was developed and teaching the kids about their culture and about their mobs um you know for the last forty thousand years in developing the jersey so it wasn't just um joe developing it the artwork but it was taking the kids along the journey and teaching them mm. along the way so it's a very special jersey this 2021 jersey indigenous uh, round jersey is going to be very very special um 
And then my final one's a bit bit more commercial, but I just loved it. It was, it was so much fun. It was our first ever Superman jersey in 2013. The House of L, the Man of Steel jersey, um, the big S on the front. Um, Russell had, had been in the movie and it just was just really fitting. And we didn't – most times when we're going to launch a jersey, we tell a big story about it first and launch it. But the players just ran out in it. And everybody – it was the first time we'd done a – a really big theme jersey and I, I still remember all the, the members and the fans running up the aisles to the merchandise yeah. stores to get it because they're like, <laughs> holy hell, what is this yeah. thing? It was amazing and it just sold like like wildfire and uh, it was really, really popular. We did a few after. We did them from about five of them actually from 2013 to 2017 but the first ever one yeah. was a cracker, sold like gangbusters and it was just a it was a, a novelty that our, our members and fans really love. So they're my four. Sats' 1970 jersey, the 2019 Anzac, uh, this year 2021's Indigenous jersey and the first ever um, Superman jersey in 2013. Uh, very good. Some very good nominations there. Hello. Yeah, I mean – Shannon's had a couple of mine there, so my, my list is uh, – yeah, thanks, but I can't read your writing, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think a real significant one for me was the Minty jersey. Yeah. Um, when I came into playing SG Ball and then Jersey Flag, President's Cup, and then Billy in first grade, that was the, the jersey that we wore. And that was, as I say, you, your debut jersey, you always remember that, but – it was significant that, that we speak about it now. Everyone knows what the mini jersey was. Mm. Obviously, Don Lane with his, with his association, the club back in the in the late seventies, early eighties was was you know, significant, mm. and he had a big you know, to do in um, in putting that jersey out there. I think we changed the song for a little while. Not cheer, sure. Cheer, cheer for. Something like that, I can't Something remember. Something to do with minties. There's <laughs> <laughs> a few jokes about minties, but... Yes. Yeah. But I think it's 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 obviously a part of our history and everyone remembers it. Um, uh, so, yeah, that that was that's one of the, the iconic jerseys. Um, the other one for me was um, Centenary Test jersey that the Australian team oh, wore yeah. at, uh, at the SCG. I think 2008, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was. And... It had special significance for for me that night. One was that great try that Greg Inglis scored. We'll always set remember up. that. Yes, set up. Yeah. Sorry, he did. He did <laughs> As set we up. Said the other week, was everyone responsible. thinks it's Greg's yeah, try, but it was yeah, actually yeah. Gasney that yeah. scored it. Like he's got that iconic jersey on. He dives over the dead ball line yeah. in front of the iconic member stand yeah. at the iconic SCG. Yeah. Uh, Puts the ball back into play, and I can't remember who's, who scored it. Do you remember? Gaznier. Gaznier, yeah. yeah, there you go. So, memorable moments, but it was also the day that one of the magnificent coaches of of all yeah. time passed away, and the great Jack Gibson. Yes, yes. And uh, Jack had coached me when I was at Cronulla, and um, you know, I learned a lot about rugby league from Jack, and just a lot about, um, you know, life in general. Um, you know, and he was – I was lucky to have had, you know, him in my life for a couple of years in, in that capacity and uh, it was a really sad night, but, you know, for the game. Mm. But that iconic jersey just resonates in my mind and, and everything that happened that night was, was amazing. You yeah. Know? It just seemed – it just seemed apt that such a memorable event occurred on the field for, for the, the death of such a memorable, yeah. memorable coach. Of the, yeah, I do remember that. You know? Um, you know that poppy jersey. It just gets me back. Like this, this is one of the the great five minutes of every season. Mm. Is the lead up to an Anzac Day clash? Yes. Um, I mean, we only used to really get it with the St George and the and the Roosters clash on on the traditional Anzac Day mm. clash. But I'm you know I remember that game at the old Sydney Football Stadium mm. and. Blah, blah, blah. But now this week we can celebrate it. And our Anzac jersey is always good. It's always significant. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, Shannon, Shannon took that. They're, they're the two that, that, you know, outside of Shannon's. I yeah. normally have I normally have ten, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the significance of that minis jersey actually is quite interesting too because apparently Don Lane developed it to broaden the appeal of the Rabbitohs, particularly with the Italian community. He wanted it to um, – 
to a you in the town community. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wasn't in that. I was going to say, it's actually, you know, maybe that's why my family started um, supporting the Rabbitohs when yeah. we were young. And so you can blame Don Lane, Ella. Um, for bringing in all us Italians, we're, <laughs> we're like rust. We get in everywhere. Where there's, there's there's lots of us, and you can't shake us. We're, we're rabbitos for life, mate. Actually, uh, I might just jump in, Jez. Yeah. I, the, the jerseys we had for our first home and away games this season. Oh with, yeah, with the the names of the members and that had supported us. The thank you, you know, jerseys. yeah, the yeah. thank you jerseys. Yeah, they're, they're significant too. Special aren't they? Uh, that that signify such a. A crippling year for the yeah. for the world, you know, and we're just saying thanks to the to those people. Probably the other one, the one we wore when we came back into the competition, yeah. the TV week, wasn't it? Yeah, from memory. Yes, yep. we've well, still got a few of them left out in the in the background. <laughs> I did my best. So yeah, that's just off the top of my head. Yeah, yes, that's just seven off the top of your head. Yeah. Well done, hello. Well done. You've done it again. <laughs> Uh, I, I took a bit of a different uh, tact with it all, but um, I'll just whip through these quickly. For me, iconic jerseys, the yellow jersey and the Tour de France. It just signals winning. Um, yellow's my favourite colour because I'm colourblind. It's the only colour I can see. <laughs> um, and it was made famous by the great Lance Armstrong. So yes. am I allowed to say that? Or? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> so There's the next question. Yeah, was he great? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. That's right. But the, the yellow jersey, it signifies winning and and uh, it's, got pre- <laughs> it's got prestige about it. Leader, the, the, the next one of the pack. <laughs> the next one I had was uh, the New Zealand All Blacks jersey. It's absolutely iconic, that black jersey. And I can only imagine how intimidating it is to be standing opposite those 15 players wearing those black jerseys while they're performing the haka. It must be an amazing uh, amazing experience. So I've got the All Blacks jersey in there. I think that one is what it means to them too. Oh, how, absolutely. How they've created the culture of that jersey across a nation yeah. over many years. Yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about we love putting the Rabbitoh jersey on. We know that. Mm. We've got a special significance within our club. Yeah. But I think the New Zealand all black jersey yeah. has a significance across the nation. Yeah, and it's so simple. You see, so many sporting clubs and sporting organisations just go so outlandish mm. with, with some of their jerseys. But just that all black jersey, it just, it, as you say, it just brings that whole country together. Um, quickly mentioned before the Australian kangaroos jersey. I reckon when you see someone wearing one overseas, you can spot it a mile away, and uh, you know you're you're there with friendly Aussies and uh, fellow rugby league fans. So that's one of mine. And then my final one, of course, is just the Rabbitohs jersey. Nothing beats those Cardinal and Myrtle hoops, and it stood the test of time. 113 years, and um, again, when you're travelling overseas or anywhere, you're watching a sporting event on TV, you can spot that random South guy. And, and yes. The, the other thing is it holds such significance that we never change it unless it's for a very, very good yeah. cause. And yeah. That's, that's one thing I love about our jersey. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, very good. Some good jerseys there. And uh, make sure you pop down to, as we said before, the merchandise store and grab your, uh, your Anzac round jersey for 2021 this year. It is something different. It's definitely one for the collectors out there that collect their Rabbitohs jerseys. Now, Rabbitohs Plus is a new initiative from the Rabbitohs, which provides everyday services for our members and supporters from travel deals to home and contents insurance, credit cards, car insurance and home loans. Rabbitohs Plus has got you covered. So if you're in need of any of those sorts of services, make sure you jump online and visit plus.rabbitohs.com. Dot au and there's plenty of our members taking up the offers. Certainly are, and my wife's actually one of them. She's she's getting the credit card. I'm a little bit nervous, but I but just I, the one. Yeah, <laughs> I heard she's getting two. Shattered oh. and you don't know about the other one. <laughs> I think the last two melted. They got overused. <laughs> but they are. It's, you know, one of the things I've said before that we're adamant when developing these products for our members that they're the at the most competitive rates and the best services, and I, and I'm confident they are uh, that. All of the services there, you know, the travel, the credit cards, the loans, um, whatever it might be, the insurances. And, um, you know, I know that lots of the staff here are taking advantage of them because they're such good products. I know um, Blake's wife, Claire, she's also got the uh, Rabbitohs credit card. So hopefully 
her and Gab don't don't catch up otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> it could be mayhem down at East Gardens. I'll make sure Raylene doesn't get one. <laughs> yeah, East Gardens. You don't go to East Gardens anymore. Yes, I do. No. I, I, I mean, no, no, that's right. East Lakes, I meant to say. Yeah, East no. Lakes. <laughs> East Lakes. Uh, there's, a West, Sydney man. there's a Westfield of Vaucluse, isn't there, oh, these days? Please. Please. <laughs> Behind enemy lines doing what I do for the club. <laughs> Very good. He's still, he shops, still shops at Woolamaloo. Just yeah. ask him. <laughs> the great thing about Shop at Wollamaloo, no one pays. It's a bit of a mouthful, that Woolworths, Wollamaloo. <laughs> Mate, Wollamaloo, tough area, honestly. We didn't have neighbours, we had witnesses. <laughs> oh, very good. Check out all those services at plus.rabbitos.com.au. Now, last week in all the fun that we were having with Stephen Fennick, I completely forgot to ask the next trivia question. <laughs> completely <laughs> forgot about it. It was good fun last week having a chat with Steve, and he had some great uh, some stories to tell, particularly that enthralling story about when he was uh, working in management at the Daily Telegraph during the period of when the Rabbitohs were kicked out and that internal struggle that he was feeling and wearing the black armband in the office and all that sort of mm. stuff. So if any of our listeners haven't heard last week's episode yet, make sure you tune into episode eight and have a listen to to everything about Stephen Fennick there. But I thought I'd ask the question that I had planned for last week, this week, and it was that we had three proud South Sydney first grade players with us in the studio. What are the first grade player numbers of those three gentlemen now? Of course, the first one was Mark Ellison and his first grade player number is between 700 and 725. Then Steve was the next one. He made his debut after Ello and his number's between 750 and 775. And of course, the great Shannon Donato, his first grade player number is between 850 and 875. So we'll reveal those next week and I'd hope you two would at least get one of those three right. Well, I know one of them sort of finishes between 862 and 864. <laughs> I know one of them is between that. So Inclusive a- or directly in between those two numbers? <laughs> yes, directly in between. So that's uh, one I can give you. Yeah, I can proudly good. give you. Yeah, very good. So, um, yes, we will go through those answers next week. Now, of course, the Rabbitohs Podcast Network's proudly brought to you by What If. So if you're looking for your next epic holiday, a long weekend with mates, or you want to get up to the Gold Coast uh, this Friday to watch us take on the Titans, and it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire, and more. And because they're the official travel partner of the Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15, and you can save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply there, but what if it's Aussie for travel? And Shannon, I believe there's a, a crew of your mates that might have taken advantage of that for the, the Titans game this weekend. There certainly are, Jez. There's uh, just shy of 40 of us, actually. There's 38 um, Rabbitohs old boys and some some Wollamaloo mates that I grew up with, uh, my brother Nathan, but also uh, the great Brad Dunn, a, a, a stalwart of the South Sydney area on the wharves out there, representing all the good wharves now at the at the MUA. I, so. I had a quiet one with Brad after the game last Saturday night back at the at the Juniors. I believe you had him. a beer with him, but there's no way it was a quiet one. <laughs> he did. He could talk for a strike. He took a glass out of sleep, honestly. <laughs> Brad Dunn, honestly, he, he'd give Panadol a headache. That's how <laughs> he goes on and on and on. Drives me mad, but a nice nice enough guy. He's the great Brad Dunn. But yeah, so up there with um. A, a lot of Rabbitohs old boys, as I said. Duncan McRae will be there. Um, Doc, Sean Doherty played here at um, South in the lower grades. Uh, Another Tro- Champagne boy. Yes. Or, as he called Morris Brothers Page was indeed, back in the day. Indeed, yeah. Um, Manoa Thompson's going to be there. The Dimmick boys are going to be there. Uh, so it's going to be a great day with lots of old rabbit Can you get Jimmy on the drink during the game so <laughs> yeah. he, he makes a few poor decisions up in the box? Yeah. So they might mess up their interchange. That's what he said, I'm going to catch up with you after the game. I said, mate, we're meeting at lunchtime. You're mad if you catch up with us <laughs> after the game. But uh, no, it will be really good. Catching up with all the Rabbitohs and, and Wollamaloo old boys. But, yes, to go back to your point, Jeremy, we did use What If to, to book our travel. We got our 15% discount. And um, we're all really looking forward to it. Very, very good. Yes. So visit whatif.com slash rabbitos. What if it is Aussie for travel? 
it is time for your joke of the week. I've been looking forward to this. Well, what happened the other day, Jez? I went into the wardrobe and I pulled out a shirt and I put it on. And it had a trunk. I said to Raylan, you've obviously put this in the dryer, haven't you? She said, I said, we need a new dryer. She said, I don't think it's a dryer that's tricking the clothes. I think it's the refrigerator. <laughs> 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 That's uh, very good. I didn't I laugh that. when she said it, but I thought it was funny when I got out. <laughs> oh, very good. Short and sharp. I like it. I like it. Well, thank you for listening once again, everybody. Episode nine. Next week we hit the big double figures, ten episodes. Ooh. No one thought we'd get there, but uh, and we still haven't. We're seven <laughs> days away from it. Let's see. Let's see how we go over the next seven days. Do we celebrate that some in some yeah, way? I think we should. I think we should. Taking an egg roll. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Make sure if you've got any topic suggestions that you send them through to us via rabbitos.com.au slash podcast or on Twitter using uh, at SFC Rabbitos and the hashtag top four podcast. Please leave us a glowing review or and a five-star rating if you can. It helps with our search engine on the podcast apps that you're listening to us through. And don't forget to tune into our other podcasts, particularly the Rabbitohs Radio podcast. The boys are doing a great job. Chaps, Mavo and Brownie, they've been doing some live shows at our games in the members bar after after the game, which has been great fun. And we've got all our player media and the Rabbitohs insider, all plenty of podcasts, plenty of audio stuff for you to listen to on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. So just search for Rabbitohs Podcast Network on your podcast app and please subscribe or follow. And of course, we're brought to you by Audio Technica and presented by What If and another great episode, gents, some good laughs and particularly the chat about the jerseys. I enjoyed that. It was good to uh, remember some of the great jerseys that have been out there. Indeed it was and we're going to see another great one uh, be rolled out this weekend, Jez. So uh, keep an eye out for the 2021 Anzac jersey. Very good, very good. Righto, we will be back next week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code RABBITOS15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbitohs.